Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. I have heard from a ton of Division II and Division Three coaches thanking me for the Coach Scott Trost podcast, episode 33. I've also heard from quite a few Division I assistant coaches who appreciated Coach Trost being so honest and so humble. I mentioned last week that I am settling into my new coaching role. Again, more on this to come. Short version, I am working with high-level coaches and players. It truly has been very inspiring. I am trying to take so many lessons from the podcast guests that I have spoken to to this new job. That being said, my appreciation for Coaches Can Coach at whatever level is at the highest degree right now. Coach Scott Trost, never change. I know that you'll keep winning and keep helping those young men get across that graduation stage. And thank you, Coach Trost, for sharing your story. Today, we are talking to Coach DJ Mosini. Coach DJ was recently hired as the new Director of Basketball Operations for Coach Greg Campy at Oakland University. I have to get to Oakland soon to chat with Coach Campy, Jeff Smith, Tony Jones, and Michael Covington. Incredible staff, incredible coaches, and incredible people. Oh, by the way, my good friend, Coach Jeff Tungate, is doing a tremendous job with the women's program at Oakland. DJ and I recorded this conversation before he started his new journey with Coach Campy. As you soon will find out, Coach DJ is a true pro. No matter what your current level is, Coach Mosini is going to share some incredible knowledge, advice, and real-life experiences that for sure will help you today. This conversation was also recorded before I knew what in the world I was doing. Stick with all the wows and preachy and wordy questions from Coach Dro. Again, this was at the beginning of the creation of this podcast, and I think I've improved so much since then. Enough of Dro. Let's get back to Coach DJ, a team captain at Albion for a legendary Division Three coach, a graduate assistant at Dayton for Coach Brian Gregory and his star-studded staff, a young assistant coach at Northwood for a terrific Division II coach, and a great run as both the director of ops and as an assistant coach for Coach Keno Davis at Central Michigan. As you soon will hear, there are no small roles in a championship program. Just a small taste of what's to come from Coach DJ. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me your story coach follow tell me your story coach on twitter at coach kevin dro connect with me on linkedin kevin mondro enough of coach dro let's get to coach dj mosini and tell his story real quick before coach dj mosini's story i need to tell you about my affiliate partner that i've been supporting since episode one that friend desmond ferguson the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out MoneyballSportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys and girls, sports attire, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts, you name it, Moneyball has it. Get all your fall gear ASAP. Truly, what are you waiting for? And if you're a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, please reach out to Moneyball. Uniforms that Desmond and his team create are simply spectacular. Go to MoneyballSportswear.com, shop away, enter the promo code DRO, D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. DJ, why do you coach? It's always been pretty 
simple for me. I've, I've had a passion for the game as long as I think myself or anybody in my family can remember. So, you know, although I kind of went down some other avenues or thought about some other things during the college years, it all came back to basketball. Always been what I wanted to do. I learned pretty early on that I wasn't going to be able to play for very long. So uh, I looked at the coaching side of it and, you know, I found that I, I love to teach the game. It's a way to give back. Uh, to the game and to, to young people that I enjoy being around. And uh, I had, I just had so many great experiences as a, as a college athlete. Um, a lot of that had to do with my, my coaches and teammates. And, and for a you know, this is just a way to be able to, to, to continuously try to provide those same experiences for other young people as they come through. You played for Mike Turner at Albion. Yeah. How much of a mentor was he for you in propelling you to want to be a coach? Well, it was and still is, uh, to be okay. honest with you. You know, he and I talk quite a bit. You know, we, we try to even get on the golf course uh, here and there when we can. Uh, he, you know, he, he was a great coach, a lot of wins, was honored to have been, you know, a part of a, a few of them uh, during my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he really helped solidify my desire to coach. He was such a genuine person, cared about the players, cared about his staff, cared about Elbian College and the community. He, he was always, and he talked about this a lot in the locker room, about doing things the right way. And, and he had his, his whole philosophy on coaching was, was built around that. And and for him, you know, I mean, he, he had a lot, he's got a lot of former players that are in coaching, that are head coaches, that are in various parts of the country. And, you know, especially in, in going into my junior and senior year, he, he really you know, I was I had a chance to to, to be a captain and to, to kind of be ex, an extension of that coaching staff on the floor. But he also gave me even more freedom than that. You know, I was putting together video edits for the team. I mean, there was I remember we ran we we kind of adopted a version of the swing offense my junior and senior year. And I, I remember sitting up in the the offices one night. I, I mean, I had nothing else to do watching a, a Wisconsin game, and I I said, man, they're they're running a, a, a roll and replace action into their swing offense. And I, and I looked at I, at Coach May and I said, we can do that. We can throw that in tomorrow. And lo and behold, we did. <laughs> so, wow. it was, uh, uh, you know, and, and with the summer camp stuff and, and, yeah. and all that, you know, he, he really he, he really gave me a lot of responsibility that yeah. I think helped prepare me to get into coaching. When I was a young assistant at the University of Detroit working for Perry Watson, I had some unbelievable encounters with Coach Mike Turner and at his time, sure. Coach May, Jody May, who's now the current head yeah. coach of Albion. Coach Turner was just always so giving to me as a young assistant now i think back i I probably thought i knew it all but i really knew nothing but like mike was just so just genuine just his interactions with me i am i I, you know i just you know there's been some guys in the state that you know vision two division three are just pure gems and we're really fortunate being in the state of michigan and and just coach turner man he just he he, he was first class first class and everything he did i mean i you know i probably talked to him I don't know, a week or a week and a half ago. And yeah. the majority of the conversation is, is how's your family doing? I mean, he's asking wow. about my wife, my kids, yeah. my mom and dad, my brothers. I mean, he, I mean, he's sharp. Um, yeah. and, and he was, he, he's, he's like that with, with everybody. I mean, it was from, from the time he started recruiting me through my college career and beyond. I mean, he's, he's always been the same. He's been very consistent. And I think that's why he had such a successful career. Like, it's just great to hear that coach Turner made this lasting impact on you and so many of the players at Albion that, you know, that he helped create young men to men in this, you know, as I sit back doing this now and talking to coaches and wins and losses just become less and less to me. And it's more about, you know, just how, how did I make an impact or how could I have made a more of an impact? And it's just good to hear that Mike created that impact with you. 
he he did, and and I know it's his philosophy, and it's one that I share. I I think uh, you know, like you said, we're we're always judged on the wins and the losses, on the result, but it's it's more of the process and the journey that gets you to that result. And mm-hmm. you do things the right way. You, you you do what you're supposed to do day in day out. You have a genuine care for people. Uh, not always, but in, in a lot of the cases, those wins and losses have a tendency to, uh, to take care of themselves. And and, uh, and and when they don't, and when changes happen, you know the the chances of you landing on your feet and and and, and getting to do it again is uh, usually pretty high. Okay, so right off the bat, you mentioned why do you coach? You mentioned three seconds in passion. It's just funny. I sent you some questions last night. Uh, I know you have a yeah. new new baby boy, Dutton, and congratulations to you and your wife. Thank you uh, very much. <laughs> so I know you're. T- Time is limited, and I also appreciate this today, but your energy is off the charts. I've never seen you in a bad mood, and I've always loved your passion. You were at Central Michigan. I was at Eastern Michigan. We coached against each other for years, but I was always blown away like, man, this dude DJ loves the profession. Talk to me just about this love and passion that you have, and how do you never have a bad day? Well, I wouldn't say I never have a bad day. Maybe sometimes I'm just good at faking it, but it's... uh, uh, it's it's hard to me. It's hard to not be in a good frame of mind when you're doing something you're passionate about. So, even though there's successes, failures, challenges, it's it's a people centered business. Okay, you you are you are constantly giving of yourself uh, to those around you. I mean, that's how great teams work in any endeavor. But it, it, it's something that when when you really love what you're doing, the bad days aren't as bad. And and so there. I, in my 13 years doing this, I can't think other than maybe like the 14th straight day of summer camp or something like that. I, <laughs> I, I don't think there's ever really been a day uh, where I woke up and said, man, I really just don't want to do this today. So, so that, that really makes it easy. And so when you're, like I said, when you're, when you're passionate about something, and I'm sure doctors, lawyers uh, have the same feeling uh, with their passions, but it's the, the change of pace. There's always something new yeah. going on. No day is ever really the same. You know, it makes it fun. It makes it exciting. I, I enjoy the challenges of it. And the things I like about basketball, about coaching in particular, you know, with basketball, you know, I'm kind of one of those hopeless romantics. Oh. Um, I, I think when you get five guys working as one unit, there, there's not much more that's more beautiful and artistic than that. You know, that, that to me is always the goal. And sometimes it's only for a player or two. Sometimes you put together a game. Sometimes you put together a stretch of games that are like that. And when you start doing that, it's when you, when you start to talk championships. So I think the last thing I would, I would really say about the game is that the, the thing that I love is that it just owes you nothing. Mm. You kind of get out of it what you put into it. The more you give, yeah. The, the more the more you seem to get in return and and so that's just something that brings me a lot of joy and I just try to with my energy with my passion bring that same joy and 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 try to get have others experience the same same type of thing. The people-centered business. That that's just a uh you know that's just a great description of of coaching and just putting in that amount of work and getting something out of it in return. That's I think coaches sometimes undervalue that like you know for young coaches out there you have to work at this craft. There, there's there's no doubt i mean it's it's uh there's there's so many different ways to do things i mean it, you know you guys played that two three zone defense that that still gives me nightmares and i don't even have to face it next year right, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so, it, you know like in, in where some teams like we play the mixture of the man-to-man matchup zone type stuff the, you know offensively it's not you have some teams that may run a set or two that are the same or similar, but everyone does something a little bit different. Yep. It, to, to, to me, it's it, it's not so much how you do it. 
or what you do, but it's about getting the group of guys that you're working with to all buy in. And, 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 and that's when, you know, teams get hot and teams have great years is when there's that type of buy-in. So I think, you know, with coaching, you don't get buy-in unless those players know you care about them. Yeah. And, and so, it, you know, it goes back to, you know, I, I learned this as a GA. They used to, the staff down there, we used to say it all the time that the, the players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So if you don't wow. have that type of, uh, of servant leadership mentality, yeah, then, then no matter, you can have all the talent in the world you're not going to be the best you can be. So you're coming off a great run at Central Michigan with Coach Keno Davis. You worked with Jeff Smith, Kyle Girdleman, Chris Davis, uh, so many good assistants. But I was blown away with your your incredible friendship with Kevin Gamble. And for you yeah. guys out yeah. there that really know basketball, I mean, obviously Kevin is right now an advanced scout for the Toronto Raptors, but Kevin Gamble was a great player at Iowa. And he's like no doubt. one yeah. of my only friends that's probably scored 40 points in an NBA game and you would act like you would act like it was like someone does that every day but talk about your relationship with kevin i i just found it like fascinating well you know Kev, kevin and i are um we we share a lot of similar interests um and, and when i first uh met uh kevin he he was uh you know he, he had just gotten to central i was still an assistant at northwood and you know it's, it was it was see him on the road recruiting, um, you know, got a chance to sit with him, talk to him. Very, very humble guy. High level. High. I mean, just as, as genuine and humble as, as they come. And, you know, especially for a guy that has the, the playing pedigree that he had, you know, not only at Iowa, but, you know, 10 years in the NBA. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. You know, that guy was around. I mean, this guy played with Larry Bird. I mean, yeah, you know, like it's this, this, uh, just an incredible thing. But, you know, I think, you know, you know, beyond just the great type of person he is, he and I have a lot of similar interests beyond basketball. I don't know if he would say it, but he's a phenomenal golfer. Yeah. Um, he, and, and, you know, I, I enjoy the golf. So he and I, you know, we, we got to play a little bit and, and we also each like to fish. So we, we did some of that too. So we kind of shared wow. some of those interests. And then, and then we both kind of have the same silly, dumb humor. So that just kind of, <laughs> you know, we laughed at the same thing. Yeah. So that just kind of, started to, to build a bond and, and, yeah. and he and I got to spend a lot of time together in the off season. I think primarily because his kids were older. Okay. I hadn't had kids yet and, and everyone else on the staff, they had their kids that were in uh, T ball and little league and volleyball and everything else. So, so he and I, you know, were kind of not in the same spot in life, but in, you know, had similar, uh, uh, availability so so he and i spent a lot of time together and and, and you know miss not miss having that guy uh, uh around here <laughs> so. yeah for sure mike turner kevin gamble wow i mean like just two people you get to talk to on a normal basis i'm pretty I, jealous I, I'm, man I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very fortunate for that yeah. there's no question about it all right let's dive into your own personal journey your coaching journey okay Sure. Obviously played at Albion, captain, super involved. You were a GA at Dayton, an assistant at Northwood. You were the director of ops at Central Michigan, CMU, Mm -hmm. and then just coming off a run as assistant coach at CMU. Let's talk about each position and how it kind of prepared you to be a D1 assistant. What was it like? Being a GA for Brian Gregory at Dayton. Oh man, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, I I still you know my my wife will laugh too if she hears this is uh, you know I still talk about uh, uh, the University of Dayton working for BG 
Um, the, the staff that that he had, had down there with with Billy Schmidt, who's now an assistant for the Chicago Bulls, right? Cornell Mann at Missouri, John yeah. Borovich at, at Northwestern, and then there's a couple of the support staff guys who have have gotten out of the business. Uh, uh, Matt Farrell, who was our director of operations, yeah. Eric Farrell was our other GA. It was a first class staff, and then he brought me in. So it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was really. I learned a lot quickly. You know, as every young coach or getting their first opportunity you know I'm coming off the plan for four years you know you think you you've got a lot of the answers and uh you, you quickly find out that you know nothing uh you know that that's uh it's it's amazing to 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 watch how these guys work um that was the thing that I yeah. took, took away from Dayton is how hard you needed to work day in day out to be successful in this profession you, you learned all about how detail oriented you needed to be and, and part of that was the the personality of, of Coach Gregory, you know that, that you, you want to talk about a guy that is a machine. I mean, yeah. it's, he has no off switch. I mean, he'll yeah. be, he'll get off the road recruiting at two a.m. He's still getting his four thirty a.m. workout in. Yeah, um, I mean, just he, he, his focus. Um, I wish I had an on switch. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it just. I mean, you, you were just inspired being around these guys and being around Coach Gregory all the time, and uh, um, you know, he made made you want to be better at coaching, better leader, better mentor. You know, that was, yeah. that was how he was. And, um, you know, that, that, that type of person just, just, uh, he, he still inspires me with what he's doing today. Time for a quick 30 second timeout. Coach DJ, getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You'll also get a great-looking podcast website. They provide audio players that you can drop into other websites. They give detailed analytics to see how people are listening. To start your own podcast, follow the links in my show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this also helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. I love the GAs when I was in Eastern Michigan. You know, part of it, I just loved messing with them. The other part of it, I just, yeah. I used to come in their office all the time and be like, you guys seriously want to do this still? And, you know, just mess with them. But like, if there's, you know, I, hopefully we'll have a lot of uh, graduate assistants and student manager or student assistant coaches right. listening. Right. Like, what was your mindset of being a GA? What What does a good GA have to bring to the table? Well, as, as a GA, you've got to be willing to do Anything, anything to help make the program better. Like, the, and, and it's kind of something I took away, and, and and we used to say it down there. There, there are no small roles in a championship program, and, and and that and that was something that I always tried to take away from there, regardless of what position I had, assistant at Northwood, opposite Central Michigan, assistant at Central Michigan. That hey, if that if that means I got to go do the laundry, that means I got to go do the laundry. Yeah, you know that's what's needed. You know, if you don't yeah. do the laundry, it's a big problem. So it, it's you know I think I think especially in today's society, you have yeah. it, it's easy to to feel a sense of entitlement. Right, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Yeah. Nobody in this profession, this game, that doesn't owe you anything. Mm. Just if you have a role, sometimes the best thing you can do, whether you're a player, a GA, a coach, is just accept that role. 
take pride in the work you do and do it to the best of your ability. And, and I, I think what, if you can do those things, regardless of where you're at, what level you're at, it leads you to the next best thing. It gets, it gets you to more responsibility and maybe a little bit more impactful role. And that, and that would be my advice to any GA is go in there and do anything and everything you can make the lives of the rest of the staff that much easier. And, and then, and then also as you learn and you go through it, you can kind of figure out where maybe you can expand your role, but you know, kind of, kind of going into it, you just got to be able to go in there and, and do what's being asked of you and do that at a high level. Yeah. Well, we, we first met, became friends when you were an assistant at Northwood and I thought you crushed it there, man. You were just everywhere. I mean, it was just, I mean, anywhere, everywhere. What was your mindset, you know, when you got your first opportunity to be an assistant coach? Well, it was for, for me, it was to, to try to continue some of that, that, you know, Hey, I'm an assistant coach. I got a bigger role now, but but hey, now now you're at the Division Two level where you got to wear so many different hats. Okay. Um, and and so to try to you know I kind of considered myself a GA still, but I had I was a full time assistant coach. Mm. And 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 so tried to take all those things I'd been doing, but then start to expand them. And and, and Coach Reckaway, I mean he, I mean he gave me, I mean what yeah, what Jeff. a guy to be able yeah. to hire me at the age I was at. I mean I was 23 years old. Wow. To be able to. To, for him to, to have that much confidence in me. And, and uh, uh, I got to find my voice. I got valuable coaching, recruiting experience. Coach Rec was great at giving you freedom to do your job, even when sometimes I met making a mistake or two. And then mm-hmm. he was right there to help you and, and give you the direction, the insight to continue to learn and grow. And, and, and he's become one of my closest friends. Right. Um, he and I still talk uh yeah. Weekly. I mean, when, wow. I, when I got to Central Michigan, he he, he called me at I, I I knew it was seven a.m. on a Sunday morning. All of a sudden, I'm getting a call from Coach Rick, and I don't. Uh, well, game didn't go well yesterday. He's going to want to talk about it. So mm. he, you know, he and wow. I he and I have continued to talk, and you know, not only about the profession and basketball, but about life, and and uh, to be able to do that there, um, you know, was 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 special. Yeah, he's a great guy. You know, had such success there, and you know now he's kind of transitioned out. But uh, I know he's still making yeah. an impact at Northwood. No question, no question. And, and you know, he, he's a guy that I, I don't know if he's out for good. You know, I think yep. he'd like to be back in it. Yep. And uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, personally, I mean, he's been a he's a career head coach, right? Kind of like mm. a coach beeline. Um, yeah. You, you know, he's uh, personally, I think, just the way he is, he he he'd, yeah. he'd kill it at just about any level he was at. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so a lot of young men and women want to be a director of ops. Very eager to get in the profession. You know, the NCA seems to be as moving forward might be taking some of the restrictions off that position. But at the end of the day, you're you're still like the chief of officer, chief of staff of the office. Can you explain to people how difficult this this job is? <laughs> so sometimes it's it's hard it's hard to describe it. You just kind of have to do it to to fully appreciate. It's like a firefighter to me. <laughs> yeah, you 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 are you you are so many things every single day to so many different people. There's, there is absolutely no off switch when you're a director of ops. I mean, you are always on call. You're the first one called. If a guy can't get into the gym, you're getting the phone call. If there's an issue, you're getting the phone call. If, uh, the head coach needs something, you're getting the phone call. And it could be 1 a.m., it could be 5 a.m., it could be anywhere in between. And, you know, that, that it just makes it, it makes it hard because you, you, you are making sure the program is running in the right direction. It, the, the better you do at handling all those things, the better off the program is. You know, the head coach is, is, is the captain. 
He's providing the direction. Yeah. It's your job to help make sure it stays on course. And wow, that's it, a great you know, analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 you're, you're, you're the guy that needs to, to make sure that if there's weather coming. You got to help steer clear, yeah. you know, you know, go faster when it's time to go faster, slow it down when it's time to slow it down. So, you know, at the same time, in that role, as hard as it is, you probably learn more about being a head coach and you, than I have anyway, and in any other position I've held. How so? That, well, you just, you're 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 going through. You're the right hand man for the head coach, yeah. and, and all the other things that head coaches have to deal with on a day to day basis that have nothing to do with coaching basketball. And 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 those things are, in terms of leading a program, very important. And, you know, I always tell this story when I talk to people. I remember the summer before or the summer I was hired at Central Michigan at Optral. I'm on the road recruiting in Chicago in July and, and I'm, I sit down next to Saul Phillips and, you yeah. know, he, he sees my shirt. He knows I'm at Northwood. He was at Lake Superior State at one point in time. So we start talking and I, I, I kind of knew who he was. And, and he, I believe he was at, uh, before he was at Ohio, he would have been at, uh, what was he, North Dakota State at the time? Yeah, crushing it. Beat Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and I asked him because I knew he he spent time as the director. He was a D two assistant. And spent time as the director of operations at Wisconsin. Yeah, and, and yeah. maybe him, I'm like, a walkie too at one time. Right? Yeah, you might you might have been. I can't I can't remember how it all went, but I, yeah. I knew he had that experience. Was now I had coach, and I just I just asked him. I said, Hey, here's an opportunity that I might have. You know, wh- what are your thoughts? And, and he told me the exact same thing, and I didn't fully understand it at the time. But he said, I learned more about being a head coach. Wow, doing that ops job than I did. Uh, at any other point in my career and and, and it's held, held true to me and and uh, yeah. you know coach coaches uh Saul's done un- unbelievable yeah for um, sure as a head coach back at it going at it again yep. yeah so I I agree I think when you do that level of you know you you basically when you do you have the opportunity to become a head coach you know every a- aspect of the program and then like sure. you know nothing can get past you <laughs> so you're like right. no you have to call this person and <laughs> you know this for person sure. this this sure. is how you get this so I I think that's a great but how did you balance running, okay, keeping the, the boat afloat and, you know, filling it up with gas and so forth? But how did you balance yep. that? But also, you know, maintain wanting to, hey, this is what I really want to do. Coach, I'm the ops right now, but I really want to be your assistant. How did you balance both? Well, you know, it's it, the, the first thing you got to be is extremely organized. And if you're not being a director of operations, will force you to be. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and, you know, so for me, I, to, to balance both those things, you know, the, the uh, real grateful to Coach Davis because yeah. in that role, sometimes in those support staff roles, you're, I don't want to say anyone looks down on you because they know how important your job is. You know, whether you're a video coordinator, an ops guy, a director of player development, those are all important jobs yeah. in the program. Uh, but Coach Davis always considered me like a fourth assistant coach. And, yeah. Um, and I so, did too. That was my perception when I was an assistant at Eastern when you were in the ops. Yeah. It was always, he, he valued my input and, and you know, th- those situations don't happen all the time. So I'm really grateful for that. And, and the confidence that he just had me to, 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 to have that type of input, whether it was looking at guys who were recruiting on film, talking uh, strategy in terms of what we were doing on the floor, scouting reports, all that type of stuff, you know, within, within the, the rules, being able to yeah. get my opinion and my input. So yeah. it kind of, it kind of gave me the opportunity to do both, to, to do the ops job, to do that well, but also to continue to learn and grow as a coach. And even yeah. once in a while, you know, have to, have to kind of research some stuff and, and yeah. expand my, my coaching knowledge. And, and, and it was, it was a great experience. 
I love Coach Keno Davis. I mean, a national coach of the year, Drake, Providence, yeah. great run at Central here. We talked about we had this relationship with all the, the Mac assistants. I don't know why, but I was fortunate to become friends with, you know, a lot of the head coaches in the Mac. And, you know, Coach Hawkins, Coach Senderoff, Coach Montgomery, you know, obviously Coach Murphy's like my big brother. But just right. I've started to develop a relationship with Coach Bowles, you know, just in, in just. But Coach Davis, man, I just loved everything about the way you guys played, the tempo, small ball before small ball, you know, the right. three-point shots, the changing defenses, the pressing, you know, I, and I had the opportunity, I'm, I'm old, so I got to watch his dad coach and just sure. kind of, sure. you know, even the subtle things like shooting an air ball, but it's really a pass and just the one, two, one, one <laughs> press and soft and hard. Like the guy's brilliant. The guy is brilliant right. and he'll be a head coach again if he wants to. If not, he, he's like a no great doubt. dad and he's a great person, but no, so no just, question. just massive respect for him. What was it like though, being an assistant for him? And especially when he, he had that much trust in you to promote you. Well, you, you know, he's, there's hard to find a better guy in this profession than, than coach Davis. Um, he, you know, he and I, before I took the ops job, you know, we talked about goals, what my goals were, what he needed. Yeah. Um, and it, it, and he he liked the fact uh, just kind of my path. I think I kind of it kind of reminded him. Or maybe I kind of reminded him of some of the paths he took. You know, he was at Southern Indiana and then yeah. went on and became, forgot about you know, that. Re- yeah. the restricted earnings position uh, back that way back when, and then was able to get to onto the court and kind of now that op spot is maybe a little bit like that restricted earnings coach was. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, the, for him to to promote me from the ops position to the assistant coaching role. It was really an easy transition, I think, for for him and for me. Um, we had a, a, a great working relationship, that, you know, as well as a great friendship. But he, his, the way I was able to continue to develop as a coach while I was in that ops spot, a lot of that through observation, but also with certain things that he allowed me to be able to do, it really became an easy transition. You know, I'd been with him for a long time. I knew his offense. I knew his defense. Yeah. I knew what he wanted on the recruiting trail. You know, it, it, I was a Michigan guy, so yeah. being able to recruit the, the state of Michigan and, and the Midwest was going to be as easy, I guess, as it, it recruiting can get. You know, it's a, it's a difficult task, but, it, you know, so it was it was really quite easy to move into that role and, and at the same time be able to, with the new ops person, kind of guide them yeah. on what they needed to do and what coach Davis expected, yeah. you know, so just, it, it just, it just kind of made a lot of sense for the program as a whole and, and for coach Davis. And obviously, you know, for myself, it was an opportunity I, I, I had wanted for a long time and, you know, just very appreciative that I got it. Yeah. I love that guy. Great coach. Okay. Pop quiz. One Ooh. or two sentences. Okay. What's your current coaching philosophy? Oh, I can do it in one sentence. Coach yes, 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 yes. You, know, right? you, ready, you ready for this one? Can't Score wait. more points than the other team. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I kid you not, like people laugh at that. All right. But that, that is literally my coaching philosophy. Love it. You know, it, it's, it's as simple as that. Now, how you go about doing that? I mean, there, there's many different ways, but it all comes down to two simple things. Get one or more good shots per offensive possession and give up one or less contested shots per defensive possession. You know, probably you guys and Coach Dambrot when he was at Akron, you just kind of yeah. changed the Mac in terms of how you guys approached the three-point line. Why did you guys become such a great shooting program? Well, I mean, first off, recruit shooters. Yeah. That helps. You know, that, 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 was, that was a big thing that Coach Davis, you know, just believed in. You know, that three-point line yeah. um, from an efficiency standpoint changes everything yeah um and you know our better teams when when 
that, that we had could shoot the ball at a high clip. I mean, we could drop 15 threes on you any, any given night. Oh, and for sure. We dropped, we dropped more than that. So, yeah. Uh, I remember you, one you know, night you guys it, had 18 us. <laughs> well, you know what happened? We just, we, yeah, just yeah, we packed it up and yeah. said, all right, we're out of here. <laughs> Simons. You know, and, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those, and those guys, you know, that, you know, when you have the spacing, the guys that can stretch the floor and, and you know, even at times when you can put four or five guys out there that do that, I don't care what defense you're facing. It puts a lot of pressure on them. And, and, and then at the same time, when you can small ball, small ball, which we, we tended to do, especially down the stretch, you know, you, you got guys that can switch screens in a man to man defense. And even yeah. if you're, you're, you're giving up a two point shot or, you know, at times that three point shot kind of neutralizes that. You know, you look at our team, uh, last year, or maybe in the last couple of years, I mean, obviously we had DeLeo, but we just didn't, we didn't quite have the same success beyond that line. And, and I, and I mean, there's, I mean, I can look back to, to last year and look at the, the fact that, you know, our, our guys, you know, none of us had off seasons I mean, and all the thousands of shots you get up weren't there. You know, it, it was, you know, I think it's something that obviously you see in the NBA, it's getting, it's becoming a game where, you know, you have to be able to shoot the ball from the outside at almost every position. And, uh, you know, coach Davis, you know, saw that, I think, you know, maybe before a few people. And, you know, Coach Dan brought maybe the same way. I watch a lot of benches. Probably should be more watching the game, but I just like watching other <laughs> coaches coach. It's probably how this podcast came to be. Like, I love the art of coaching. What? Sure. You had a great feel during the game. I would always watch you, you know, give suggestions and interact with Coach Davis during the game. And I think it's a fine line because when I worked for Coach Watson at Detroit, Coach was always let, like, guys, just keep me abreast of, like, the major things like timeouts, fouls, but I'm going to coach my game. And I had so much respect right. for him. Him, he coached his game. He knew we helped him put the game plan together, but he coached the game. When I worked for Coach White, so Coach Murphy, as I progressed as a, an assistant, I, you know, I offered more suggestions, you know, good or bad, I offered them more. How did you become so good at having dialogue with Coach Davis during the game? Well, you just, you, you kind of know what, and, he, and he, he did a good job of telling you what he wanted, what he didn't want. You know, I'm sure just like, you, you know, Coach Watson or White or Coach Murphy was, uh, did for you. But, you know, during the game, a lot of my, especially the last couple years my responsibilities were the substitution and 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 then also the offense you know things that that coach davis was very big on he loved the offensive side of the ball he wanted to know what was working he wanted to know if we saw something that we could exploit and then he also wanted to know just from a you know a production standpoint as we were doing the substitutions you know he and i would sit down before every game and kind of you know the the plan never worked we'd always kind of map out all right you know based on okay how you know how hard can guys play for how long and you know who you know there was sometimes hey we want this this group of guys out there together and okay but maybe these two guys we can't put together so we kind of always had a plan that usually three minutes into the game got blown up but it was kind of always there was always that line of communication hey here here, we're at this point you know in a a substitution matter for a second here what what do you want to do here are the options and you know sometimes it had to do with fouls sometimes that that had nothing to do with anything, you know, it could be just a, here's what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? And he'd give you the yup or the no, you know, someone wasn't going to the table and he didn't know what was going on. He he knew just enough to, for what we were doing. And, and if, if there was a red flag or, or something he didn't like, he, he was able to make the change. So it just kind of, you know, that, that just took from a lot of years of, of being together and, and knowing what he wanted. 
Well, thanks for sharing. I think there's a lot of young assistants that, you know, might not have thought about like coaching. How, how do you assist your head coach? Sure. Well, I'm going to tell them this. Doing the substitutions is one of the most stressful jobs. Oh, you can have. <laughs> I remember doing matchups for Coach Weitzel at Loyola, Chicago, and I just, oh, I was, that's that. But, but I couldn't even imagine subs. <laughs> yeah. So, so, subs is, uh, I've seen it done several different ways. Uh, I think the way we did it was very unique, but it was, it, it worked for us. What do you like on the floor? Oh, man. Uh, there, I, I, I'm, I, I like it all. I'm, I'm so detail oriented. It's, it's probably to a fault. I, you know, whether it's offense, defense, wow. you know, the, the, I probably annoyed our players, uh, just because I, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a, a perfectionist and okay. to get things exactly right. I, that's myself included. You, you know, I don't like to have a typo on a scouting report or, you mm. know, in, in, any blemishes like that. And, and that's kind of how I was as a player. Obviously, I wasn't uh, as talented as, as most of these guys, but it was always a, I just, I want to, I want to get to a point where we can't get this thing wrong. And so that's, that's kind of how I am. I, I, I bring energy. I'm positive, but, you know, I'm always, I, I'm, I always, Tell our guys, and I think our guys would agree that you know, hey, when they get something correct, I'm I'm right there cheering them on. I'm very excited for them, and I'm also going to be one that when they when they don't do it right, hey, I'm gonna point it out. Hey, like this is where you got to be better, you know. So I I guess you know on the floor whether that's offense, defense. I, I worked more with our offense, you know, the last couple years here. You know, I I enjoy the spacing and kind of the chess game that you can sometimes play on the offensive end, and and teaching guys how to how to move off of, of yeah. dribble penetration. You know, like you know the guys that just stand. Yeah. And then they yeah. wonder why they're not open, and yeah. you know. But defensively, kind of the, just the toughness that comes with defense, and and you know, teaching closeouts, one on one defense, all the you know. I was a slower player, college, you, you know, even at the Division three player. You better you better know angles, and you better you better think outthink your offensive opponent, and and so that you know, those are just some of the things that I enjoy about it. How did you simplify the game for the guys you were coaching? You know, you talked well, about being detailed. Can you be detailed yeah. and simplify it as well? You can. You 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 know, sometimes sometimes that means just keeping your mouth shut and letting them figure mm. it out, right? Yeah. Sometimes, some, sometimes you can overcoach. You, you know, so when it came to to simplifying it, you know, offensively, like I I tried to. I like to break things down to, to doing one thing at a time. All right. So, Hey, we're going to, yeah, this is two on O. This is a, a tedious drill, but okay. If you're, if we're talking spacing and movement off the ball, depending on where we have the drive coming from, you know, maybe you're playing below a ball screen and now the ball screens happened and, it, and, and the, the screener has, is rolling and how you should move, when you should move, you know, just, just trying to break it down in that way. So it, it became very simple. And then you just start to, it's just like anything else. You start to build. And, you know, they get this, okay, yeah. now we move on to the next thing and they understand that and now we can continue to progress through there. And then obviously when you have a guy like a, a Chris Fowler or yeah. John Simon, you know, Marcus Kane, Braylon Ray, I mean, we Ooh. have some really good players that came through and, and I, I can't mention them all. When you start to have those guys that understand the game and think the game in that way, you're, you, you, your coach, the coaching becomes easier and you start to look really smart, right? Well, that leads us to our next point. So that was Coach Murphy's big thing when I was at Eastern Michigan with him. Like, you know, players make coaches great. You know, got to get players. So unfortunately, we're 40 minutes in probably in my mindset. We haven't touched recruiting and that's probably why I'm doing a podcast right now. But um <laughs> Pre-pandemic, you were always recruiting. Every time we talked, you were leaving your gym and going to see a kid play or on the phone with a coach. You know, I was leaving the gym and going to get something to eat. So <laughs> how do you carve out time during the day to talk to so many high school coaches, AAU coaches? Because you're sensational at that. Well, it's you got to make it. It's just like anything else. You got to make a conscientious effort. 
uh, do first things first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recruiting is such a, the, is the lifeblood of any program that you, you have to make sure that, hey, you know, you, I always kind of had the goal of, all right, five contacts today via phone you know just let's just get five sometimes it's with the coach sometimes it's 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 with the 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 recruit but let's do that with five and and if you can you know it it didn't always get accomplished every day but if you if you're able to do that i think you you can make some headway in building those genuine relationships on the recruiting trail how can you become a better recruiter well you know i i think it all comes back to it's a people business okay so it's just improving your relationship building improving your network you know when you build genuine relationships with players their families their coaches there's a trust that's built there's a bond that's built there and it, and it becomes it, the, the communication becomes easy and you know obviously there's the, you got to sell your university and sell your program piece of it but I think that you know beyond that it becomes thinking outside of the box and being yeah. creative you know just trying to, to do something that no one else is doing but don't be crazy either yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean so <laughs> for it, sure. it's uh, <laughs> you know we all hear, we all hear thanks for putting the quotation marks it. on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know you gotta you, you gotta um, you know just maybe do something that just stands out and 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 when you build those relationships sometimes it's, yeah. it's as simple as just being consistent you yeah. know we've gotten players before that that was just because every step of the way we never faltered we were consistent and all yeah. of a sudden that at the end of the day meant much. all right i gotta get you out of here so i know all you right, can man. i know you can golf okay i don't want to ever play you in golf i i would love for you no, to look man, let's do it i would love for you to look <laughs> at my son's swing though he likes it a little bit so He's really good. I, like I would, I would not touch that swing right now. I've seen it. I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> so I know golf is a bond that you and your dad share. You've talked to me a few times about that. Hopefully, I know you'll share this with Trey and Dutton. Okay, so let's talk about a dream foursome. Mine would be right. Tiger, Coach K, yep. okay. Coach Steve Kerr, and, and Coach Nick Saban. And it's probably where I'm at well, with my, my mindset right so, now is I'm going to get the so best. you're not going to play? Oh, no, no, no. You're not no. going to you know what? You're see. This is why you're detail oriented. I already screwed up the foursome concept. So all right, let's just say it's a let's say it's a pro am since you're so good, Mister DJ. So you're in a pro am. You get to play with uh, four, okay four other guys. Thanks. Now I got to redo every podcast I've done. So if you could be around four other guys on the golf course. Who would they be? Four other guys. I'd, I'd have to throw Michael Jordan in there. MJ, uh, my all time, yep, all time favorite athlete anywhere. Any sport, any time, you know, and it definitely has to throw Tiger Woods on there. Um, oh, geez. What a uh, what a power I'm, couple! I'm, yeah, yeah, that 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 to me would be fun. I, you know, this is going to sound corny, but it's true. Um, I throw my dad in there. Uh, my yep. dad's always been my hero. Awesome. Um, he's in the golf business. Love awesome. golfing with him. So you know, so for me, he'd be in there. And then as the the last one, I'd go one of a couple ways. You know, Nick Saban. I, yep. I, I think I'd like to golf with him. His uh, just his mentality is uh, has always intrigued me and the success he's had. But I, I think Charles Barkley would be the wild card. Ooh, like so, it. You know, for for a couple reasons, he's funny. He yeah. cracks me up every time I watch him on TV. But then his golf swing would just make me feel so much better about myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you haven't seen my swing yet. So let's uh, change that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I have some time. But anyways, um, yeah. hey, I love you, man. You are. Hey, I've. I've right back I, at you, coach. Since the beginning of of our relationship, I just think the world of you. You know, you have this passion, and you just love to coach. You love to work with 
young people. We're both coming off runs with Mac schools where the, the, yeah. the athletic directors or the institutions, you know, you know, decide to go in a different direction. And, and it's sure. just nature of the yeah. beast. I'm hoping when this podcast gets released and you'll be on a, um, on a staff, I hope people get out, listen to this and see what an absolute terrific coach in person you are. And I, I say this from the bottom of my heart, man. I love our conversations. I just think you get it. You're all about helping kids. And I'm all about helping you, DJ. And I'm just, you know, I'm just praying that people get out there and listen and hear your story because you've shared so much valuable information to young coaches today. Well, I, I appreciate and, and, and I'm honored and humbled by you, uh, you wanting to do this with me, Coach Dro, and, you know, appreciate your friendship and, and all the insight uh, over the years and, and uh, look forward to, uh, uh, to continuing that on here in the future. So thank you very much. That was a great conversation with Coach DJ Mosini. Yes, we recorded this podcast before Coach DJ was hired by Coach Campy at Oakland. And I apologize again for the rambling and the never-ending questions. I didn't even ask DJ, what are some simple tips for young coaches? Thankfully, I think that I've improved on my end since late June. That being said, the podcast is no doubt evidence why Coach Greg Campy felt that Coach DJ Mosini could make an impact in his basketball program. Coach DJ was so impressive, and for sure, he shared more than a couple simple tips for young coaches throughout this podcast. However, his loyalty to Coach Turner, Coach Reckoweg, Coach Gregory, Coach Gamble, and finally Coach Davis is what truly made me smile. DJ is a loyal coach, and I am sure that Coach Greg Campy is feeling this loyalty daily at Oakland. Finally, Coach Mike Turner should be so proud because DJ, you are for sure doing things the right way. Thank you, Coach DJ Mosini, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. <laughs>